Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s. And each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. We were going to talk crypto today. And yes, I believe crypto has a bright future. Bitcoin and Ethereum and the likes are going to be much higher years down the road. But as you know, the Dow theory is bearish. And so am I. And we've seen growth stocks continue to struggle. Uh, Markets have been very volatile. And so instead of talking crypto and big gains and getting all excited about the space, I think we have another leg down right now. I'm shorting the market uh, in the short term, building dry powder. So I am ready to pounce, ready to move when some of those growth names that have been beaten down get a little more attractive. But right now, I just, I'm not there. And so it's really hard to be super optimistic about crypto and growth and and big gains when I just don't see it for a little bit longer. But one area I do like now, and, and something that we've talked about a couple months ago, and that's dividend stocks. Dividend stocks that are throwing out High yields. By the way, we did a gains podcast on dividend stocks, top high yield dividend stocks. That was uh, something we did early in January. Go back and listen to that gains podcast. A lot of the, the, the picks we'll talk about today, a lot of them have held up fairly well, thrown off nice dividends. And, and like I said, some of them have actually gained, even though the market at large has done uh, not so good. So you may go back and check out that uh, that gains podcast. I believe it was January 13th. You know, and you can compare on some of the picks then how they've performed. And uh, we're going to talk about some of those today as well. So dividend stocks, a relatively safe place to hold cash and still get some income, maybe even income that's outpacing inflation. And that's what we're going to talk about today. High dividend yield stocks. I'm Andy Gersher, and this is Gaines. All right, joining us is Bill Uliveri, owner of Senecal Capital Management out of Glenview. His website, SenecalCapital.com. That's C-E-N-A-C-L-E Capital.com. Bill Always great to have you on the Gaines Podcast. How you doing? Oh, man, I'm doing excellent, Andy. Thanks so much. It's great to be with you again. Okay, Bill, you and I love talking about dividend stocks, a relatively safe place to hold cash as you're building dry powder, and you're getting some yield. 
I'll have you start off. What you got for us? As I mentioned to you uh, during, you know, as we were setting up for the call, I had done another uh, interview with a station, and I talked about coming up with a list of 33 dividend-paying funds that pay more than the rate of inflation. And you and I have been talking about dividend-paying stocks. We've been talking about inflation for a long time. But all of a sudden, I don't know what's going on, but now inflation is in the news. Like every day, every minute, you're watching inflation figures, cost of living, uh, you know, the, the consumer price index. All this stuff is now on our, our radar. Where before, not that many people cared about dividends. They were looking at growth and technology. Now, all of a sudden, I have never had more inbound emails asking me for a list this report than than I've done in 11 years. So I find that really interesting. So my first one, and this is my favorite, and I include a little bit in virtually all of our portfolios that we manage assets for in our IRAs and and 401k accounts. So the symbol is Q-Y-L-D. It's Queen Young Larry David, phonetically. The Global X NASDAQ 100 covered call ETF. And so what it does is, it buys all 100 stocks in the NASDAQ 100 QQQ. And then it sells at the money, slightly out of the money, some in the money, call option premium. And all that premium is then distributed on a monthly basis as a dividend. And currently it's yielding about 10.64%. It's trading at you know, $21 a share. It, it distributes its dividend on a monthly basis. And honestly, when you look at the chart, Andy, you could go back to 2011, 2010, and this thing is, has traded sideways. It's pretty much been between 26 to the high end and maybe 17 and three quarters to the low end. And isn't that what really what we truly want out of a bond fund? We don't want to really look for capital gains when we're, in, we're, we're investing in bonds. Income. We just want, we want income. We want sideways action. We're not looking for capital appreciation per se. So this fund, this ETF is up about 1% annually for the last 30 years or since inception. So you're not going to make a big capital gain. But boy, there has never been, it's one of my favorite, favorite, favorite exchange traded funds of all times because it just spits out this incredible premium on a monthly basis. So the annual yield is around 10.6, 11%, and it pays out, you know, like 0.9% every single month, at least currently. So I always buy this one on the dips, especially now when we're seeing growth weak. The NASDAQ 100 stock's kind of weak. Personally, I love that about this, but because I'm not looking for capital gains. I'm looking for income. I love that particular pick. And we've talked about you know using covered calls as a strategy in the past. Since we're just talking about this, you, if I'm not mistaken, you also use cover call uh, strategy with uh, some of your stocks too, right, Bill? Absolutely, yeah. right. So we do, you know, we we pick and choose. You know, we we may start out on a a company that we like. For example, I'll give you a perfect example. I bought Twitter in the mid to high 30s and was selling covered calls on it. I got maybe two or three series into it. We made a little bit of money, you know, that we were lowering and reducing our basis every time we sold calls. And then it had a big sell-off, and I didn't reestablish the sell. I'm, I said to myself, I'm going to wait until it kind of pops back into the middle of its 10-week moving average. And so I waited maybe two months, and it kept going down, and I'm kind of getting bummed out here. And all of a sudden, this Elon Musk news comes out where he, where he established about a 9.5% or 
percent position in the stock. And the stock just rallied from like 32 or 33 up into the high 40s. So I waited till about 48 or 49 dollars a share, and I just sold it. I didn't reinvest by selling call options, which you know maybe I should or maybe I shouldn't have. But here's a perfect example of maybe a stock not going your way eventually. You know, in the beginning, you're losing and I mean you're reducing and reducing your basis along the way, and then you get a piece of good news like Twitter. So that really worked out well for us. But you know. Covered call writing is, is great. I love it. I was an options trader for 1982. I started on the trading floor at the Chicago Board Options Exchange, so I feel super comfortable with it. We use it for our own clients on a case-by-case basis, and it is really an excellent way of um, you know, adding income and getting a credit. You, know, you, you get to keep the credit no matter what. The question is, what's going to happen to the underlying investment? And that we don't always know. And the nice thing about the Global X NASDAQ 100, you know, like you just mentioned, ticker QYLD, it's turnkey. You buy it just like a stock and then you're getting income mm-hmm. and you don't have to get involved in, in you know, options. It basically does all of it for you and you get the benefits of the income. I really like that pick. First Trust also has one just like it. Uh, I don't think the yield is quite as high and I'm going to have to check my database to see which one it is. I don't have the symbol right here in front of me. so um, I'll, I'll throw mine out there, and then you can uh, yeah. dig up. You should dig up that ticker, so just so we can okay, take a look, look at it. it. We can, we can uh, compare. The one that I like, I've talked about it on the Gaines podcast before. It's a BDC, a business development corporation. And basically what a business development corp is, it invests in small and medium-sized businesses and, and some startups. So basically, that's where it uh, gets its income from, you know, catering to small to medium-sized businesses. There's several BDCs, and the one that I like, and I've talked about it before, that dividend seems to be really, really safe, even after watching recent earnings. Uh, it pays monthly. It pays $0.06 cents a share a month. The ticker is PSEC, Prospect Capital Corp. That's PSEC. Yeah, PSEC. Prospect Capital Corp. It pays monthly. Like I said, it runs about eight and change, like eight twenty a share. And again, it's just got a nice dividend. It's monthly. That's it's about a percent a month. Buying this on the dips is always a great idea. And and the thing has panned out fairly well for me. So uh, I do love that uh, Prospect Capital Corp. Oh, that's a good one. That's a good one. So I found the First Trust Buy Right Income Fund. Okay. Now, the symbol for that one is Foxtrot Tango Hotel India, F-T-H-I. And I'm pulling it up right now on my screen, F-T-H-I. There we go. It's an exchange-traded fund. It yields 4.81%. So it's not as juicy as the Q-Y-L-D, but that's okay. Because if you look at the chart, the first trust ETF got absolutely hammered in the 2019 into 2020 during the COVID, where I would say that the QYLD held up better. So it's still, I love the people at First Trust. First Trust has an on-staff economist named Brian Wesbury, who's my favorite, favorite economist of all time. Regular guest on the Noon Business Hour, by the way. Yeah, we know Brian really him. well. He's 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 top-notch, one of my uh, my favorite economists. Go ahead. 
top-notch. So the expense ratio for FTHI is 0.85% annually, 85 basis points, which is, you know, it's, it's not bad. I mean, it's a little bit on the high-end-ish, uh, but the one for QYLD has a uh, expense ratio, annual expense ratio of 0.6%. So for me, between the two, if for my clients, I would prefer the QYLD only because it looks like a way a bond should. It goes nowhere for 11 or 12 years. It trades sideways, and it's just spitting off gobs and gobs of income. So that's my favorite. Another one, we've talked about it in the past, Enterprise Product Partners. Now we're looking pipeline, and uh, Enterprise Product Partners, the ticker on that is EPD, and I'm pulling them up right now, about twenty six seventy five a share. Let's take a look at what the current yield is. About a six and a half percent dividend. The the last time we talked about enterprise product partners at the beginning of the year, it was about twenty two dollars a share and giving an eight percent yield. You know, because the price has gone up a little bit, the the yield isn't quite as juicy. Still six and a half percent. That's not bad. And that stock's about twenty six dollars and seventy five cents. Still love that. When when we talked about it before, it was just so underpriced, and I, I just had to jump on it. And now we've seen the yield is more kind of in line with where it should be. That just kind of shows you how undervalued Enterprise Product Partners was at the time. But yeah, love that. EPD, 6.5% yield. Just love that. Okay, so this one, see, I like the people at Invesco as well. I think Invesco is a really good team. And this one is a closed-end fixed income uh, fund. And the symbol is V as in Victor, K as in King, Q as in Queen. So Victor, King, Queen. It's the Invesco Municipal Trust. Now, year-to-date, it's not doing so good. Right? Year-to-date, it's down 20.1%. So it's gotten a little beat up, probably because interest rates have upticked this year. We've seen a big hike in rates. The 10-year treasury is up like 50% year-to-date. In other words, it's gone from like 1.3 to like 2.65 or 1.4 up to like 2.6 and change. So this particular fund has gotten beat up a little bit, but it yields 5.78%. So again, another high yielder, and it's a municipal bond uh, trust closed-end fund. So if, again, you look back since 1993 or 1994, it's traded in a pretty narrow band between, say, 16 and a half to the upside and seven to the downside. But that was only during the Great Recession in 2009. Other than that, it stays pre- in between like 15 and 11, and it has been for a number of years. So, again, it's oversold on a weekly basis. It's about 70%, 76% oversold. I kind of like it because I like the team at Invesco, and it is a municipal uh, bond fund. I have one that I know you probably like as well. We've talked about it in the past. Lumen Technologies, ticker L-U-M-N. Does that ring a bell? Yes. 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 I um, love Lumen. Almost throwing off a 9% dividend. I mean, stock has been hit, you know, and it's been hit over the long run. Trading just under $12 a share, by the way. Uh, Lumen Technology, Telecom and Fiber, doing some things to kind of reinvent the company. So I, I think with this, you have potential capital gains as they turn this thing around. 
And then also it is throwing off a nice dividend while you're holding the stock. Love buying this on the dips. And I just love seeing that dividend. And I think there's going to be a turnaround now. And 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 even after the market's been kind of beat up a little bit, Lumen at under 12, in my opinion, is always a deal. And that's something that's a stock I would feel comfortable buying even right now. I, I, since you you follow Lumen as well. And again, the ticker L-U-M-N. Uh, Bill, thoughts on Lumen? You know, I do love Lumen, you know, because, again, we have a strategy for our clients is called get a, a check per month dividend strategy. So every month, some kind of dividend is coming into the portfolio. And primarily, it's real estate investment trusts, gas and electric utilities, and banking stocks. There are very few technology companies that are available that pay a decent dividend, and Lumen is one of them. And I like it because it's, you know, Andy, again, being an options trader, there's a, there, there's a, a term called being a long gamma trader. So when you are a long options gamma trader, you sell on the rally and you buy in the dip, sell on the rally, buy in the dip. And that type of career has always made me look for stocks that are out of favor, things that I could buy on the down low that might not be appreciated today, but at one time did really well. And so for me, Lumen, it's high back in 2016 was $33 a share. It's low during COVID was eight and a half. Now it's beginning to make higher lows, higher lows. And I kind of like the way it looks. Now, I'm not saying I know, you know, a lot of things intimately about Lumen, but I do know that I like the way the chart pattern looks. I think it's put in the bottom. The company provides this wide range of communication services, including long distance, local voice, internet, broadband, and it operates throughout the entire United States. So maybe, and I don't know for sure, but I'm wondering if they're not going to benefit from the infrastructure bill that was passed recently because it's broadband for everybody. It's high-speed broadband across the United States. And that might be an interesting play if Lumen can jump on that gravy train. So I love your pick of Lumen. I think it's a good one. So we'll be right back with Bill as our high dividend yield stock list continues. But hey, real quick, be sure to subscribe follow, and leave us a five-star review on Apple Podcasts. And as always, subscribe and turn on those notifications so you know when a new Gains episode drops. We drop Gains episodes on Wednesday and Friday mornings. We'll be right back talking high-dividend yield stocks right after the break. If you enjoy learning about communities, culture, in history, then Shades of the City podcast is for you. We will bring you stories like the legacy of Johnson Publishing Company, most notably known for Jet and Ebony magazines. Basically what the world said African-American people could not do, these magazines proved otherwise. Subscribe now to Shades of the City on the Odyssey app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. 
We really need new phones. T Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month without a pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. After the end of a good fight, you deserve an ice cold reward. Medela is the mark of a fighter. You've earned this rich golden lager with a crisp, refreshing taste. Because you know the bigger the fight, the better the reward. You put in the hours, the energy, the tough labor. You are a fighter. Medela is your reward. Medela, the mark of a fighter. Drink responsibly. Beer imported by Crown Import, Chicago, Illinois. All right, back with Bill Uliveri, owner of Seneca Capital Management out of Glenview. His website, as always, SenecaCapital.com. That's C-E-N. A-C-L-E, capital.com. All right, Bill, you're up next. Let's get your pick. So I'm going to say something controversial here. Again, being the contrarian, I'm not making a political statement here. What I'm saying is this. In February, President Biden signed in executive orders that prevents U.S. shareholders and U.S. citizens from owning things that are related to Russia, the Russia-Ukraine conflict. And so all the Russian exchange-traded funds gas stocks, whatever it is. If it's related to Russia, it's liquid. It's liquidation only. You can't buy or sell it. And I get a notification every, every day from our, uh, our broker-dealer that we do business with. So I asked myself, how can I take advantage of peace in Eastern Europe? And I came to the conclusion, and again, I want your listeners to do their due diligence, is that if you look at BRIC funds, Brazil, Russia, India, and China. If you look at BRIC funds, the BRIC funds had to liquidate or get their Russian securities off their balance sheets. And there are a couple of interesting Eastern European dividend funds that I'll leave it up to the listener to make a moral decision if that's something that you feel that you need to do. But I've been looking at BRIC funds and iShares has one, BRIC. It's not really a BRIC. It's kind of like a BIC. Brazil, India, China, and they're not going to hold Russian securities until it's okay and the sanctions are off. Now, that could be a month. It could be a week. It could be a year. It could be 10 years. I don't know. But all I know is that when those shares come back online and we can trade them, you know, in the United States, you're basically getting Russia for free the way I look at it. And so I like the iShares MSCI BRIC ETF. It's yielding 3.42% annually. Not a big one, not a huge yielder. But the high in the beginning of 2021, when we began seeing some conflict in the East, was $60 a share. It got as low as 33. Now it's back up to about 38. So here's a way of playing the emerging markets in Brazil, in Brazil, Russia, India, China. And Brazil's done really well. And the potential for once these Russian securities that are down 90% from their high, when these things come back on, they're going to be going into the portfolios at a super low rate. So this one, you might see some capital gains with Andy. And I don't, I don't know how you feel about that, but I'm just throwing that out there for con- – I just want to have a conversation. You know, international is a way to kind of spread things around, and, and, and it does act differently than the rest of your uh, portfolio as well. This is not a dividend 
yielder. But the other one that comes to mind for me, and I dabble in this on dips, is EEM, iShares MCI Emerging Markets ETF. You're you're taking the emerging markets and going even a little more detailed. But you know the one that I get just for general emerging markets um, exposure is that sure. you know iShares MSCI Emerging Markets, and again the ticker EEM. So uh, yeah, I, I like that. I, I find yeah. uh, I find that take on things. Very, very interesting. I'll tell you why, Andy. You know, as a floor trader, as someone who was a market maker in exchange traded funds, back in 08 and 09, when it was illegal or it was it was discouraged that we would short sell the banking stocks because it was considered just exacerbating the problem. Well, how do you how do you go around that? How do you, what's the loophole? Well, the loophole is that you sell like the S and P 500 short, and then you buy back the individual stocks that are not a banking stock. And what you're left with is short, short banking stocks. By de facto, selling the S and P 500 right. short. Right. All right. So I'm not saying it's moral, ethical, or whatever. I'm just saying that it's done. So I guarantee you that there are people who have taken these Russian shares, which were insanely high dividend-paying gas and utility companies. They're holding them in a the basket until the weather clears, and then they're going to stuff these things back into these exchange-traded funds for U.S. investors. And so that's my play. And so I, I, I know that, you know, this is a ethical and sometimes moral question, uh, but I'm just saying that things the way the, the conversation isn't always what it appears for these companies that are paying dividends. Like, and this is contingent on peace, though. I mean, and, and the thing yeah. is, you should, the, the, the one thing I want to say here is I don't necessarily think anybody should be feeling bad about this because this only comes to fruition and benefits anybody who gets in where if they get things settled between Russia and Ukraine. So it is a peace play. So, you know, I, I, I get I get where you're coming from. I, I don't yeah. necessarily it is a think, peace play. Yeah. Yeah. It's it's not like you investing in this has yeah. anything to actually do with, you know, Russia. I mean, you're talking about no. other countries. And if there was play, mm-hmm. they would benefit from holdings, you know, in their portfolios right. and so forth. Right. So, yeah, it, I totally get that. The Russia. The, the Russia index is up 50% from its low on March 24th. So I personally think the markets are telling us that peace is going to happen in this area sooner rather than later. So you and I were around for the Hunt brothers selling their silver at $50 a share, yes. closing only. We were around when the Ferruzzi brothers closing only in soybeans in the mid-1980s where it crushed these commodities. We've been in the markets when it's you are only allowed to sell closing only. And those are usually the bottoms in stocks and commodities. So I, I'm sorry, but this is just kind of how my mind thinks because it was the business that I was involved with. So I just think there's an interesting play here for peace. I think that's an interesting take. And again, it's contingent on peace anyway. Um, yes. Let's move to cigarettes. I love this particular. <laughs> <laughs> I love this particular uh, company. Oh you probably gosh. imagine the one that I'm talking about when I do talk about cigarettes. Though there are two in the space that I actually kind of like. Uh, the one that I'm thinking of is Altria. Mo mm-hmm. is the ticker. Has held up really, really well here, and has uh, uh, full disclosure. I bought that for about forty-eight. It's about fifty-six, and it has a a nice. Nice dividend. It looks like a lot of people have realized the nice dividend. Even at its current price, by the way, Altria, cigarette mm-hmm. maker, 
still throwing off a six and a half percent dividend. Uh, oh when gosh. when I was buying it at forty eight, it was seven and a half percent. So those shares are locked into that seven and a half percent yield, and we've seen capital gains. Um, you know, bought that towards the end of last year. Another one in the space is Philip Morris as well. That's PM, uh, which is is certainly interesting. But I, I've always been an Altria guy. Mo on this one. Thoughts on on the cigarettes, uh, by the way, Bill. Um, Andy. Uh, I love your call for Eltria. I think that is a great, great play. Six and a half percent dividend. You know, it hasn't, it's up from its, you know, COVID lows from 31, now trading around 55-ish. But it still looks like it has room to grow. I think that's an excellent pick. A cannabis, too. There's a little bit of cannabis exposure in there, too, when I was peeling back the uh, onion and just looking at where things might uh you know, where they're invested. I mean, a lot of it's obviously uh, cigarettes and tobacco, but there's mm-hmm. other areas that aren't quite as demonized. Uh, smokeless. Um, they do all the chews. That, like I said, there's a little bit of a mm. cannabis aspect to that. So um, I like it. Yeah, so a bit of, a, of diversification. I think we've talked about Altria before. That's just, you know, again, yeah. the ticker MO on that. You can sell like the September 57 and a half call and get an additional 2.7% on a company that's already paying about a 6.5% dividend. So I love that, Andy. That's a great call. Juicy yields. Um, you're, you're in a, you know, a yield-based stock. It pays a good dividend, and it has optionability that you know can throw a couple of extra pennies into the bank. That's a great point. The uh, cover call play to juice the, the overall annual yield on that is very attractive for Altria. All right, what else do you got right. for us? My next one here, uh, again, this one is down primarily because of the action we've seen in emerging markets overseas. We have a stronger dollar for the most part since last year. You know, the dollar's been, U.S. dollar's been rallying about for the last year. And so emerging markets generally do poorly when the U.S. dollar rallies. But this is one of my favorite. It's the Western Asset Emerging Markets Income Fund. This symbol is EMD, Edward Mary David, EMD. It's, it's throwing off a juicy 10.6% dividend yield. It's an emerging markets income space. Again, if you look at the chart going back to 2002, it just trades in this range between 17.5 to the upside and about, say, 8.5 to the downside. It's currently trading 9.5. And so I think, again, if we're looking for range-bound exchange-traded funds or range-bound stocks, and you're not hung up on capital gains, only looking for a juicy yield. I think the uh, Western Assets uh, Emerging Markets Income Fund is something that every, not every investor, but income yield investors should be looking at. It's a little bit oversold, again, probably based on uh, emerging market and the dollar, the rally in the U.S. dollar. So it's a, it's a multifaceted play here. You're getting income. You're diversifying out of the U.S. dollar, and you're getting involved in emerging markets just when things here domestically are looking potentially a little bit weak and somewhat recessionary. You were talking about how a lot of dividend stocks and funds are in very specific places. You know what I'm saying? Like energy is a prime example. I have a list of dividend stocks I follow. There's a whole bunch of oil companies and pipelines on here and oil shipping. And the the only thing I'm kind of reluctant to just throw these out there because a lot of them have seen some gains 
especially for a uh, for dividend yield stocks. Bill, and I wanted to ask you this: Do you think oil and it, it, it's it's come back as of even the last day or two? Do you think oil has a lot more room to go from here? My only concern about throwing some of those out is yes, when we first talked about you know dividend stocks, say three four months ago. You know, some of the the companies that I was throwing out just in the energy space, too, was Frontline, ticker FRO, New Star, ticker NS. But, you know, and and they were great buys then and some of them, you know, throw off some yields. But then I was also looking at the price of some of these stocks have actually moved considerably higher. Another one that I've always liked in that space is Pembina Pipeline. The ticker on that is PBA. But again, you know, I'm, I'm always kind of reluctant now that we've seen some of these take off on the back of much higher oil. By the way, just mm-hmm. like when we were talking Pembina pipeline, when we had our, our conversation three, four months ago, it was $30 a share throwing off a 6% yield. All right. I'm going to pull up Pembina right now, ticker PBA. It's almost $40 a share. And it's throwing off now a yield of five percent. So I, there's been a lot of you know gains on that stock because we've seen oil move. Does energy continue to move higher? And uh, I don't want to be buying energy at the very top. You know what I'm saying? What, what's your thoughts on all of that, Andy? I agree. I, I mean, I by my very nature, I am a contrarian. And if you look at crude oil, corn soybeans, wheat, lumber, oats, they've put in these super spiky, almost parabolic highs and have yet to recover those highs from uh, any time recently. And each high is a little bit lower than the previous high. So I kind of think that we have to be very, very careful about getting involved in energy as a pure play, as a dividend idea. You know, we saw that happen back in like 2013, was it 2010, when we had the peak oil conversation and everybody was getting into ExxonMobil and Chevron and all these companies looking for yield. And you know what happens when you chase yield is you normally get, you get clobbered, huge. So I'm a little bit concerned and I agree with your analysis that we have to be careful about getting involved in energy, in oil as a dividend play, because if you're going to make 3% on a dividend, but then lose 40% in, you know, in, in long-term capital gain, that's a problem for me. So I think there are still plays and, you know, we've seen a divergence between the utility index, which is considered interest rate sensitive and bonds, which have gotten peeled off and gotten killed this year. So once again, there's this huge divergence between utilities and bonds. And so I just want listeners to be careful and not put all their chips in the energy gas utility space. Although I will say that is where we do have maybe a large percentage of, um, of our dividend paying stocks are that way. But we also have a lot of real estate investment trusts and a lot of banks. One other thing though, I want to discuss uh, before we wrap up today's gains episode is there are dividend traps warning when you're looking at stocks and looking at yields there may be some eye-popping yields, but that doesn't necessarily mean it's sustainable. And, um, you know, there can be issues. So real quickly, Bill, explain what a dividend trap is and why people should 
you know, be fearful of dividend traps and what to look out for. Right. So I would call a dividend trap is when companies have a very high dividend yield, it can sometimes indicate that it has uh, underwhelming or poor performing financials and their business is struggling. But the last thing they want to do is send out a public uh, a press release saying that they're going to cut their dividend because they're having trouble with business operations. So, you know, sometimes we would look at banks that pay really high certificate of deposit rates. And then that was the bank that would like go out of business and merge with somebody else. So a dividend trap is, um, you know, they say in our business, it's not the return on the investment, it's the return of the investment. And so we have to be very careful that we don't put too much money to high dividend yield plays because it could be a signal that they have struggling and poor performing business operations and it's just a matter of time before they cut the dividend or uh, announce some very, very, very bad earnings. It's just it hasn't made it out there yet. So, you know, Kavad Emptor, let the buyer beware. You have to do your due diligence and, you know, have a diversified portfolio across all asset classes, across all sectors, you know, some high dividend and some safe stuff. And, you know, this way you don't blow up your account if a few of them go bad. Just because on the surface there's this, uh, you know, eye-popping yield, if it's not sustainable, you know, you're it's going to eventually impact the price and you're not going to be getting the yield that you were originally seeking. So a, a bunch of great picks today. And as we wrap up uh, today's gains podcast, Bill, parting shots here. Uh, what's your takeaway? Okay. Well, if it's too good to be true, it probably is. But at the same time, you have to put on the trade and manage the risk. So these are not just set and forget. You know, maybe Atria, Eltria, and Philip Morris, and some of the other ones you mentioned, and they could be set and forget stocks. But for me, you have to keep an eye on them all the time. And the other parting shot, be careful. Don't get too carried away and just manage the portfolio, you know, with respect. And clients and, and your listeners are going to do, they're going to do just fine. With some of these dividend stocks and, and, and some of the conservative uh, plays that we talked about, like Altria, MO, mm-hmm. um, that's basically a nice place to park dry powder as right. you know you wait for valuations and stocks to get attractive to the level that you're looking to buy not only are you getting income you have that dry powder and again those those conservative uh stocks that we talked about there's not a lot of volatility there even in down markets and all tria doesn't get crushed by 30 40 percent generally speaking right. a, a stock like that Talking about Altria, a lot of people would be like, well, you know, tobacco has been out of favor. Uh, the one thing with the MO, Altria, I think the, uh, the outer favorness of tobacco has already been baked into that and it's already been written off. So, um, yeah, you, I don't, I, I agree with you. Yeah. yeah I really and, do. Yeah. So, uh, a- anything else here uh, before we, uh, before I let you go, Bill? Yes, actually, one more thing. So, when I look back in, at our analytics, I've always keeping track of value or growth as an asset class? Is it IWM, M as in Mary, or IWN, N as in Nancy? And so there's this value play going on between value and growth. And right now, growth is down about 14% year-to-date, and value is up about 5% year-to-date. But if you look at it historically, growth in technology is probably at the lowest end of the range since 2006, right? You know, just as we're we're kind of moving through the Great Recession, maybe even 2009. So for me, growth and value generally kind of stay the same. 
But now there's this huge paradox, this huge dispersion between value and growth. So I'm just going to throw an idea out there. What if inflation really is transitory? What if it's true? What if when supply chain things open up, we actually see prices and inflation decline? We see maybe a stronger U.S. dollar. Maybe we see growth in technology do really well because as an asset class, it's gotten taken out to the woodshed for a severe beating. So for me, to be a contrarian trader, I would be looking at dividend-paying growth opportunities because when growth reestablishes itself as an asset class, not only are you getting a good dividend, but you're also getting a good capital gains opportunity. So I think what I might do is on our next conversation is do a report of 33 dividend-paying growth stocks with potential for, help me out here, degenerate gains? I don't yeah, know how I'm like, going to, I don't know how I'm going to and you it. get And you get paid to hold them while you wait. Right? So yeah, I, mean, I think I love that idea. So I'm going to, I'm going to work on that this week. I'll, I'll uh, start putting a list together as well. Uh, hey, always appreciate it, Bill. Uh, that's Bill Uliveri, owner of Senecal Capital Management in Glenview. The website is senecalcapital.com. Uh, Bill, uh, give us a, a, an additional plug for the GAINS listeners. Oh, thank you, Andy. Well, anybody can call me at area code 847-686-4800. That's area code 847-686-4800. Leave a voice message with your email address or your mailing address, and I will ship out my five-page report, 33 dividend-paying uh, income funds that are paying greater than the rate of inflation. Uh, and thank you, Andy, for the opportunity of being on your show. I absolutely love, it's my favorite thing. I love chatting with you. Oh, we, we always have a great time. And, and I got to be honest, I mean, I always get these great picks from you as, as well. So it's uh, always looking to expand the list. All right. Until next time. Good to, good to have you on, Bill. Thanks, Andy. And as always, thanks for listening to the Gains Podcast. Be sure to subscribe, follow, leave us a five-star review on Apple Podcasts. And as always, subscribe, turn on those notifications so you know when a new Gains episode drops. We are back on Wednesday morning, and I look forward to talking to you then. A News Radio WBBM podcast powered by Odyssey. We really need new phones. T Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. See T-Mobile.com. Protect your vehicle's engine with a full synthetic oil change and save with Mobile One at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Purchase five quarts of Mobile One full synthetic motor oil and receive a $10 O'Reilly gift card after rebate. See store for details. With your Mobile One purchase, you'll also receive two times points during Old Rewards Bonus Points Month at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Oh, 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 O'Reilly Auto Parts. 
Hey, Rob Bradford here. I have set out on a mission with my good friends at FanDuel to prove what I have known for some time. Baseball isn't boring. Now I have a daily podcast to prove it with some of the most notable people in the baseball world screaming baseball isn't boring from the mountaintops or at least agreeing to come on our show. Players, managers, GMs, and yes, even the commissioner of baseball, Rob Manfred. It has been a constant wave of baseball's most powerful voices. So join the revolution. Subscribe and soak in baseball isn't boring. Listen on your Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. You'll be glad you did.